This is Bumping Into, where we have interesting conversations with people from all walks of life. Apparently, they don't make good bands anymore, but failure to look is failure to find. This is Backstage with new Australian rock band Avalanche on their 2021 East Coast tour. This is Bumping Into, Episode 2. G'day guys, welcome to Bumping Into Episode 2. This one's out on the road, so it's going to be a little bit noisy, a little bit rougher. I thought I'd uh, do the intro to the podcast as I'm heading to the gig. Um, So today we're going to see and meet a new Australian rock band called Avalanche. Uh, Avalanche are very much made up in the, uh, the way of your classic Australian hard rock outfits, inspired from the likes of Billy Thorpe, Rose Tattoo, The Angels... Um, right up into the modern day airborne and of course you know ACDC influence Um, but they are an important act because they represent the growing number while everyone thinks declining there is a lot of good rock Australian bands still out there they're just hidden they're not front and center as they once were when when radio was king and when rock music was was front and center for radio which is a real shame because it is an important part of the Australian arts and with the passing of people like Michael Godinski um, it's even more important that someone fills that void and steps up and pushes what is uniquely the signature Australian rock sound And, and it's the sound of substance it's the sound of generations it's the sound that keeps going it doesn't peak at number one and fade away um, this is the this is the fabric of Australian music for many many people and for a long long time so uh, when I heard Avalanche were in my town um, I made efforts to contact them and the guys and, and the girl all agreed to catch up and have a bit of a chat and talk about how they got started where they're going and and of course um, I'm going to touch on the the, uh, the questions that I would have wanted to ask as a, uh, a young guitarist once upon a time, all about the amps, the guitars, the pedals, the sound. Uh, anyone that knows the Marshall Les Paul or Marshall Gibson sound will get it. Um, there's just something special about it. It doesn't date. It's a bit like a V8 engine. It might be a dinosaur, but nothing roars much like those two things do. And, and no matter what point in time you are, they always sound good. And people continue to put a modern spin on those sounds. Um, so, and that's what these guys are doing. Look, they've got a great sound. I think once the international borders open up and these guys can get over to Europe to, to tour the same circuits as the Airborns and the Rose Tattoos, um, I think they're going to see big things because they've definitely got that um, about them. They've got the, the youthful energy, but they've got a bit of matureness in their sound. Um, and I think there's big things on the horizon for these guys. So hopefully all goes well and we get to grab them for a, uh, a half an hour or we'll see how we end up. Um, but yeah, we'll see how this one comes together and I will speak to you on the other side uh, during the outro. Thanks for listening, guys. Before we add in the, uh, the audio from the venue, I thought just a little bit of a word of warning in case we've got... Uh, the young ones in the car with us or whatever um this one probably isn't as pg as some of the others are or have been um look it's not too bad but just a pre-warning that there, there there is a bit of 
subtle language use, I guess, in case you are going to have a couple of younger people around you while listening. But either way, I hope you enjoy the show. I, I do look a bit like him. Oh, I do. He's got a bigger forehead. He's got a bigger forehead than me. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely got a bigger forehead. No, that's not me. That's not me. Don't worry about him. I get Jim Carrey a bit too. Yeah, you do. You get a bit of Jim Carrey. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of Jim Carrey. He's my favourite, one of my favourite YouTubers, so you're my favourite interviewer. All right, we're the Australian version of. The that's the, that's the American. That's the yes. Sorry, that's the American. Lady wants to buy a CD. I'm yeah, sorry. you go. Go and make the sale. Sorry, Ian. Sober. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Congratulations, this guy. Say anyone. I can't say to anyone. Talk about putting him on the spot. Sylvester Stallone. Father Camus! Hey, Rocky! You're the priest? You've done that before. You've got to do your, your old Italian. Uh, uh, can you do impersonations? The mic's on you now. No, I can't. Just the Jim Carrey face. Just the Jim Carrey face. <laughs> That's it. Nice. That's it, yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got to write you there. Yeah. I, I don't really see it, but people see it. So, yeah, no, that's you it. You do, you do, you do, man. But. You guys did a good show. Like Thanks. you've got to be happy with the show. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think we did better tonight than all oh, this afternoon than we did last night. Yeah. Oh, look, it's there, there was really? still that same energy and shit, but I think we were just a bit tense last night. We were like a little oh, bit nervous. You know? yeah, a bit nervous. Yeah. It's our first Queensland show or whatever. Yeah. And then yeah. like coming into this show, I was like, is my voice gonna be okay? <laughs> but no, I feel like it was better than last night. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Up. <laughs> how, did, how did it sound from the outside, like from the crowd? Oh look, it sounded good. There's definitely you guys are too big for that stage and too loud for the room. But that's you know you need stage volume that's to shape the sound. That's yeah. that's what it's about. So yeah, you know, we got a song called "Too Loud, Too Bad." So well, there you for go. People who don't, who like, don't it, like it, fuck off. But you, you need it. You need that. And that's um, I've got a tip for you guys: strap locks. Oh, man. <laughs> it's gonna, that was oh, try to do the sick fucking jump off the stage. It's gonna happen. Jump off the stage. Like, like, yeah, I did see it and it cut out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dropped. I was like, oh fuck. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, that was a fuck up. Do not do that. It was awesome, man. It was awesome. In my head, it was. I was expecting it too because like I know we were all like, yeah. Oh shit, he's coming! <laughs> he's like, jumped out of the way. Oh, it's higher than I thought as well. I was like, oh shit. But you've recovered quick. You've recovered quick. There's a little downtime. Went straight back in. Yeah, so it was fine. Crazy concept. I was half expecting the same thing from the Paddock show. We did a show in the Paddock RSL down in Sydney. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. AP launch. And that was like, Jenner, Jenner. And we did really well with tickets. It was about 130, 140 people a lot. But it's a big room. 
Wow. So like it still seemed like there was like a lot of space in the. In Even the though thing. there's a lot of people, a lot of space. <laughs> and yeah. this guy jumps up on stage when we're playing and fucking stage dives into I, the crowd. I saw that on Facebook. And he landed on his oh, head so twice. And he did, so he he did, did it, it again. Twice. He it. And he yeah. just absolutely axed himself both times. Well, he must have had a good time to get up and do it again. Uh, oh, it was yeah. such a fun gig. Yeah. yeah. But can I take you back to the start? Yes. So. Obviously, I'm sensing the influence of the very early 70s Australian Sunbury type sound. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. funny you say that, some of my favourite albums is really? um, Billy like, Thorpe and Sunbury Aztecs, in 72. Fly, Sunbury, Mine yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no. And he loves Oopoo Padoo, that's his favourite Well, I, I think I look do you like know? it. I think yeah, I look like it. I think it looks like You do it actually, you look like young Billy Thorpe. You do, you do, yeah. In the um, that Thumping Pig <laughs> album that he had with, uh, yeah. But what surprised me about Upa Badu, so if you look at a lot of bands, when some of the old guards dropping off, like the Screaming Jets, they sort of do a few covers during the show at the end, no one's done Upa Badu. And I was expecting someone like Airborne to do it, because they would really have that fat grunt behind it. But I reckon you guys, We've actually I've got a bit of Upa Badu in it. Really? Just because that, that like opening, like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This would be such a cool thing. Yeah, to do with definitely. We're actually, I don't know if you know, but we took our name from the band Avalanche from the 70s. His dad was the singer of that band. Really? And I saw a poster the other day that had them playing with Billy Thorpe yeah. at Your some gig. <laughs> Like yeah. he, he always says to me, he's like, oh, I play with this, play with them, and play with them. I'll try and, and like, find it and I'll send it to you. But we're working on one of their old songs. Really? Yeah, we're trying to do a cover of one of their old songs. Oh, so Sweet that, Baby Brown Eyes. Yeah. Well, I reckon if you guys look up the way Billy Thorpe did, I was a huge Billy Thorpe fan. I was the pest. But when he came back to Australia in 94, I was 14 years old and I followed him from, made the old man drive me from venue to venue because I heard him, I saw him on Hey Hey It's Saturday and I was like, shit, what the hell is that sound? I've yeah. never heard anything like that before. And, um, and that was it, I was hooked. And um, I studied that sound and it just drove as deep as I could to getting that sound that he had. Ended up going to the gigs, ended up meeting him, then ended up going to the gigs before he would come in. Um, but if you look at the show he did for the Adelaide Grand Prix, he did Oopa there. And that's the one I reckon you guys should. It was faster, tighter, and punchier, more like yeah, what you yeah. guys would put together. Well, yeah, that's a, that's a main thing. Is like with us, or like if we want to do like those kind of like songs from the seventies, yep. we kind of do have to revamp them. Up exactly. You got yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly right. I with mean, the it's, same with the Avalanche cover. Like it's it's gonna sound way different to the way they did it. Yeah. But also, when I even talked to Dad about it, and I was like, like, how would you? see us doing it and would you want us to do it the same way that you guys did it yeah. or would you want us to like change it up and he's like change yeah. it up yeah for Instantly, sure change yeah. it up you've got to be think about doing it the same way that we did you're the new Camaro that looks like the 69 Camaro yeah and that's try to be yeah, yeah. and that's, that's the, it's got the comfort and the modern stuff of today with the, the classic style of yesterday and that's exactly what you've got to do yeah I definitely so. so who apart from Billy Thorpe which obviously is the big one did you guys ever you probably wouldn't have seen him towards the end of his career no. Unfortunately, yeah, we yeah. Have you seen the Lock Up Your Mother's live album that he's released, that Gil Matthews has released? Yeah, so, so Gil Matthews is a drummer and he's re-released all of the recordings from their tours they did in the 90s. Um, and that's have that floating around, but I can't say I've listened to it yet. Well, it's not on iTunes, you've got to buy it, um, which I'm assuming is because probably iTunes, you don't make much money when you people buy your stuff from there. Can I go 
Yeah. I'll be back. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, mate, replace her. It's all right. You <laughs> 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 don't have the charisma. <laughs> And I knew Jeff for about eight years before I met my husband Adrian, oh, and, right. and so I knew Billy through through Jeff Fox. Oh um, wow! Because Jeff uh, Billy would always stay at Jeff's place whenever he was in Melbourne, and wow. and Coxie had um, his own pub in South Melbourne called the Roxy. Oh. Um, Coxie's at the Roxy. Right. You know, he, he had his own band there. Then uh, this was after. Wow. Like, oh jeez, yeah. so there's DNA. Yeah. There's actual, not just listening to a CD, there's roots. And I used to manage the Roxy one night a week as well as do um, acting roles and stuff, uh, commercials. So I was on TV every day for 15 years. Really? Promoting different shows, um, different wow. products like Cabby Rose's Chocolates. That yeah. was on for 15 years. Jeez, wow, that's really exciting. So what? that would have been, what, in the late 70s then? Yes, yeah, and 80s. I worked with Paul Hogan and um, uh, Nicole Kidman. I also did comedy skits with Bert Newton on the Dunlane Show. And Jeez. my last role was as a policeman in Australia's Most Wanted in Sydney. Wow, jeez. Oh. Um, but, yeah, that's... That's really cool. Uh, and Dad, Dad also helped me, like, with a lot of my singing, though. Um, oh, so okay. that's why we sort of wanted to run with the name. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, sort of, sort of like passing the torch. Yeah, you know, yeah that's perfect. Yeah, he still plays in cover bands and does every every now and then jumps up on the on the pub stage with the band that's playing. Yeah, Just yeah. Gets the shit out of everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's but, um, really cool. But, yeah. yeah, no, that's 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 really the reason why we wanted to carry it on with the name, and as well as like nothing else really stuck, um, like stuck. Sorry? Yeah. I had one in an A name as well, like ACDC, Airborne, okay. Aerosmith. A always seemed like a good letter to yeah. They're right up against <laughs> the greats. Yeah. And yeah. whenever A's always listed first in anything. Whenever you do oh, anything. So yeah. Alphabetical. Yeah. That's really cool. So, who else, apart from Billy Thorpe, shaped the sound? It was mostly ACDC. ACDC? Let's be real. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's the reason the these two came together, which was the beginning of the like, I met him right, when right. we were both in high school. Okay. I knew how to play every ACDC song on guitar, and he knew how to play every ACDC song on drums. And I Tried sort it. of met him through his sister who I went to school with, and we just started jamming together on ACDC. Ah, right. And then wanted to form a band. And, yeah. And then I came in later after you guys finished high school. And then Arthur came you know, in. After you know what's that. funny? It's funny because we were looking for bass players, right? And we were looking for bass players, singers, and another rhythm guitarist. And um, at one point, it was just Veronica on guitar, me on the drums, and Stephen just singing. Oh. And, I, and I heard Stephen over uh, saying, oh, I used to play guitar and shit like that, and we couldn't find a bass player. So I said, why don't you jump on bass? I'll go get mine from home. And then Veronica... I didn't even have a bass at the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I played guitar for like 10, 10 years prior. Right? Yeah. And I could play bass every now and then. Like, I knew how to do it. Yeah. I did, I did like, a bit of a diploma at um, TAFE in music as well. Oh, so right. I have a bit okay. of theory behind me as well. Yeah, so yeah. I, I could definitely do it. But yeah, Jeez. I had no equipment or anything. I was... When I first joined the band, I was like, I'm a singer. 
Because yeah. in the last band I was in, I was just a singer. And I, like, and I just wanted oh. to sing. And at first, when we couldn't like find bass players, like I mentioned to V, I said, fuck, we should put Steven on the bass. And she goes, oh, he probably wants to play guitar. I don't know if we should do it. And I go, fuck him, we'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> Let well, the bastard wow. play. I guess, I guess we had in our heads originally that we should be a five piece. Like we should have just a singer, two guitars, bass. But obviously it just worked out the way it did. I'm happy with the way it is now. And now yeah. 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 I was a bit on, on the edge. I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this because I've always found that when playing and singing yeah. together, something always like takes away from the other. This is out. And yeah, like, for sure. I, I never wanted to be like, oh, like playing a show and be like, oh, I, I couldn't do that because I was playing or I couldn't do that because I was too busy singing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I started playing the bass and singing, I was like, you just came together. I never want to go back. Wow. Yeah, well, this definitely. is where I am. Like, yeah. This is my, my home ground now. Because watching you play is almost like you've had someone that you wanted to be like. You're, it's a natural fit, do you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like you just picked it up. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it seems like it was always meant to be. No, I'm yeah. so happy. I'd never go back to not playing bass. Oh. Something's like the, I believe, like, destiny, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Like, it, yeah. I do. It keeps pushing you, pushing you to, to make it happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if we go drums, yeah. who was... Who was your big drum guy? Phil Rudd. <laughs> Phil Rudd. And Phil Rudd. So he no, took no, them all. No, um, no, it's mainly, um, yeah, Phil Rudd, uh, Toto's drummer, Jeff Picaro. Oh, okay. Uh, Phil Taylor from Motorhead. He yeah. has a swing, you know, he invented, I, I love thrash metal drumming, like Slayer, oh, okay. Exodus, Testament, yep. Metallica, and he's really, Phil Taylor's really the one that made the movement on thrash drumming. Right, okay. And that's what really got me to the punk rock and the hard rock and metal, yeah. Oh. But Phil Rudd, Rhino Keith from Airborne, Fall yep. on the Floor, I love that stuff. You know? Yeah, mm. yeah. It's all the stuff I love. Right. And guitarist for you? Yep. Oh, who's, who's... Uh, it's a massive uh, Guidance fan. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so obviously Slash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's yeah. funny because he plays Yeah, I know, I know. I know. Yeah. What's his name? Is he? Yeah, Slash. So really, that so Slash is the big. Yeah, yeah. probably you know, one of the main influences. Uh, yeah. And it's also good to sort of they're, they're very along that same line of like AC/DC and all that, but they've yeah, just yeah, got that yeah. different flair. To Definitely. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah. That, that's cool to have because like you know, there's a few songs like a Permanent Ink. I would say is a lot more towards Guns N' Roses than yeah. it is. ACDC. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just, it's nice to have that sort of different flavour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Except Guns N' Roses tend to do a lot of extra stuff. Like and this and yeah, that. yeah, and yeah, always, yeah. I mean, we don't really have the budget to do that now, but we wouldn't want to do that anyway. We just sort of like to keep it to just guitars. It was only a, like about a month or two ago that we got our first pedal. Which well, was a yeah, tuning yeah. pedal. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, I don't so, really like using, well, none of us really use pedals or anything. That was my like next that. question, is the gear. So, yeah, obviously, as a 15-year-old kid, that was the first thing I was always asking people, is what's the strings, what's the picks, what's the pickups, what's the, yeah, everything. Um, chasing that tone. So, are we giving secrets away, or are they closely guarded? <laughs> well, I, I recently got a pedal, and I 
recently just got a new amp, actually. I had a JCM2000 for the last couple of years. Yeah. But I recently came um, to a 1959 Flexi. Like the Super Lead type? Original Super yeah. Lead, yeah. yeah. It is. It is awesome. And yeah, I had this... It just kicks the 2000s It does. <laughs> it so does. Yeah. It's fucking... It's a phenomenal well, guitar. It's when, like, when we had the 2000, yeah. she had the, the Schaefer pedal. Oh, okay. So Schaefer yeah, yeah. was a wireless system that Angus would use back the way back in like Vega. the 70s and 80s. Oh, right, and a okay. lot of people said that it actually boosted his tone. Right. And that's why he got such an incredible tone. And there was a super fan, because Schaefer went out of business and they shut up shop like in the 80s. Oh, so someone's done a... And there was a super yeah. fan of ACDCs. And he restarted the business, got the name and everything, and turned it into like a few different things. So he turned it into like a sort of pretty inexpensive pedal. Yeah. And then he brought back the actual wireless system, which is like a couple it's of grand. It's a couple grand. Yeah, so it's not cheap. Um, and with the, the 2000, we, we got the pedal just to... That was the only pedal we would ever use, just because it needed just that little extra boost. I wouldn't just to push use it, the yeah. pedal, though. I'd just put, leave it on the whole time. Like, I was yeah, like yeah, it's more like a tone thing. But now that I've got this one, I don't even need it. Like, this amp is like the tone I've always it's, wanted. It's what you've, really you've got what you always wanted. And I've, yeah, I've got a few mods on it too. Because obviously that kind of amp, like you have to have it turned up all the way for to it get to the sound, sound out of it. Obviously with yeah. the dive bars and smaller venues that we sometimes play, yeah. that's not practical. So I had I took it to this guy called Pete Reynolds in uh, Windsor in Sydney. Oh, okay. He's just the best in Sydney for wow. amps. A lot of bands are like, yeah. very knowledgeable on So he tricked it out. We've oh. talked to Ben's and be like, oh, we go to Pete, and they're like, oh, so are we. <laughs> wow, okay. So he just made it like the, the tone is 100% there, but he's added it so I could control the volume and control this. Jeez, that's really good. Yeah, it's yeah. Perfect. Because that is. That's always an issue is they don't sound good until you're well over five yeah, and yeah. then you've got people with their ears pinned up against the back of the, yeah. the room. Yeah. I'm still fiddling with it. I still don't think I found a sweet spot, but it's still amazing. Way better than Z-Fans. Oh, I love it. This is the best amp I ever have. I hope and I don't actually blow for it this, up. For this tour, we actually did a lot of upgrading for our equipment. Like I was playing this absolute no-name bass for the first two years. It was like a couple of hundred bucks. Yeah. Got the job done. A lot of people would actually be like, that's such a cool bass like, for what it is. Um, and then this year I was like, nah, like let's try and go more professional route. Went out and bought the Epiphone Thunderbird. Yeah. And it's just such a better tone, so much really? easier to use. Well, actually, the one thing that is a little bit annoying is how freaking big it is. Yeah, it it's like yeah, super yeah. big, and I've actually had a few like back problems just like carrying wow. it around all the time. It's like, fuck, oh, this is so much tension on my back. And the dick is massive. Now we gotta like watch on stage because he'll like bash me. There was there was a good show that we did at the start of the tour, and I always do that jump at the end and like just like try and do a big chord at the jump. And we were like really close together on this like little stage in Wollongong, and I was like, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. I jump up and I land straight on her head. <laughs> we're we're yeah. better with measuring the distance between us now. Well, yeah. that was the that was, that was the first show I'd really used it in, so I was yeah. like, still enough. getting used to the different yeah. size because it's about twice the size as my last one. Wow! Just in length. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a big getting used Family. to. Stop it! Yeah. Wow. Um, and same with the the head. I just bought that hard key. Uh, 5500 and the reason I got that was like we practice at a studio out in um, uh, Weatherall Weatherall Hill or Weatherall Park Weatherall Park and he had the same head 
And um, when my the head that I was using, which was an orange Terra Terra 500 or something like that, um, I was in the shop because it was um, something that screwed up with it, and I needed to get it fixed. And so I went in and I just rented um, this dude's head, and it was a Hartke 5500. And I was like, started playing it in the th room, and I was like. Wow, this is so much better than what I had before. Oh, I liked it so much that week I went out and bought it. Gee, the same sort of and thing. Now it's the yeah. Came with a road case and everything. I was like super stoked with that. Ooh, yeah, okay. I bought my head like just a week after he bought it, and it was again, it was a very impulse buy. But I have been meaning to get a head for a while, and apparently it used to belong to Dirty Deeds, the Australian AC oh, tribute right. show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had done some weird mods to it, like they added way too much gain and overdrive to it, so that's why Pete kind of brought it back to the original to the tone, original sound. and then added the master volume for me and a few yeah. other things, so yep. yeah, I don't know, it's funny because ACAC doesn't use a lot of gain and we don't like using a lot of like overdrive distortion, we just, you know, like more the gain of a natural to come sound. from the volume and yeah. from the tone yeah. itself. So but in yeah. saying that, we have seen Dirty Deeds play and their tone is spot on. Really? Yeah. Very, no, very I think small. it was the Melbourne one, it was the Melbourne one. Because oh, there's a Melbourne right. one, there's a Sydney one. I think there's also like two Thunderstruck bands. Oh, there's yeah. one. Melbourne one and the Sydney one. Sydney one's obviously a bit more fancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. awesome, yeah. yeah. So, how did it, like, obviously you guys are fairly new. Yeah, you haven't yeah. been around. I think we're about three years into a band now. So, and then the first, the first year was spent, like, looking for a rhythm guitarist. <laughs> And the first year wow. we started really playing was, uh, I think Ryan was just underage. Yeah. Oh, so, right. Um, so, so you had to wait before really you could go like in the mics where like your dad oh. had to be there. Wow. And they were like, you okay. have to leave straight afterwards. Oh, yeah, and yeah, it was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was a very, very, very big thing yeah. when he turned she, 18. So. She still gets confused to this day. Every time we go to a venue, she goes, I don't think we're allowed to play in this venue because Ryan's underage. Yeah. I go, dude, <laughs> freaking 19 now. It's man. all right now. <laughs> yeah. Catch up. He's still like 16 in my life. And is it. Are you, are you happy with the projection upwards? Are you like, does it feel like you're constantly gaining ground? Yeah. I mean, I think everyone got stalled a bit last year with the pandemic, but yeah, I mean, it locked you up a bit. But our progression just as it is, when we first were playing, we were literally playing to about five people down the pub. Right. Okay. And like, we would still do the same shit. You know, we'd yeah. still run around trying to make it the best sort of yeah. possible yeah. thing that we could do. And like, I think this year. We've had some of our biggest crowds we've ever played to. Yeah. We, we opened up the uh, the pool recently oh, down, did you? down okay. in Sydney. And that's all right. That was just insane. There was there was the whole room was packed, and like you know, it was just it was such a different vibe to like yeah. playing the ten people. Down yeah. The pub. Well, it's a fit for you guys because I, there's a concert about to happen. I think they're playing with the baby animals, the, baby the angels. angels. Yeah. Yeah. We're actually planning and to go to that. Yeah, we want to get it. I mean, that makes sense. You guys would be the perfect yeah, well, act to have at the it start kind of, of all that. It was lucky for us, but unlucky for a few other people because originally there was a few Melbourne bands playing to. Yeah, like Palace Pal Pal and, and then the lockdown happened and the yeah. Melbourne bands couldn't make it. And um, oh, we just right, happened right. to make a good contact with um, Silverback Touring at the start of the year. And he was like, You guys, you're Jump on. in. Because we'll oh. like, yeah, we'll you're on the same label as Electric Mary and yeah, Race Sunil, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So does that get you any foot in the door? Is there a thing oh, of? Well, we've, we've just kind of started on a distro deal, and we're so we're like on the under the same label, but under a different branch of the label. Oh, if that makes okay. sense. So right. we're just gonna see what we want. We've just gone with distro for now because that's just what worked for us at the moment. But um, just because we already had. 
all our stuff. We just needed someone to distribute it, basically. But um, yeah. we're just see how it goes with future releases and what else we want to do. But, yeah. Yeah. It does, does have a pretty good name behind it. Gold Merlot and all that sort of yeah. stuff. Yeah. We're pretty yeah. much a lot the of only artists like, with them and that. Well, um, the only thing I would say is they have maybe too many bands. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and there's not, um, like, there's no Mushroom Records of yesterday. Yeah. That's four guys, the Australian, you know, music scene. It's gone now. Well, even Alberts too. That was one of the best. Yeah, it's know? gone, yeah. Yeah, then there's no one doing that, which is a real shame. There's a yeah, whole. I mean, there's a the few market. smaller ones. Golden's probably the biggest one. There's a few smaller labels and stuff out there. But, yeah, like you're saying, it's not yeah. like one massive one really. Anymore. Yeah, yeah. And the projection, is it overseas? Is that where... Like, is that the whole thing you want to do, is jump ship and do the European circuit? We do actually have a label um, in Italy as well that handles di um, right. international distribution. And they've done pretty well by us. Like, they sold our first EP, which we don't even think is very good now by our standards now. Like, they sold almost over a thousand copies of that one. Wow, so, okay. They, we've That's really good. already got, like... I haven't asked them for stats in a while, actually, but when we were doing pre-orders, they told us we got, like, 800 pre-orders on CD, oh, so... Wow. It was very interesting, too, because, like, we would have, like, every... Like, almost, like, every two weeks, a different person from, like, a completely different country, like yeah. Spain, Europe, and all those sort of different countries messaging us, like, can you send us an autograph photo? Yeah. Really? Like, it's jumping now, on. Yes. Why, why, why do you yeah. want this? I think we got, like, a 10-year-old... A father for his son, he was saying... Yeah. For his 10-year-old son, yeah. got him hooked on... Yeah, we so have this guy yeah, in Brazil, okay. cute, you know? yeah, yeah. people in Brazil, like France, Italy, Germany, Russia, everywhere. Is that so real? Yeah. So yeah, strange, so, so <laughs> surreal for us. I'm like, oh, oh yeah. hopefully we'll get over there one day and be yeah. like, Hey yeah, guys. because they love it. Yeah, a bunch definitely. of radio stations like everywhere, like asking us for stuff too. There's this radio station like in the middle of the jungle in Brazil, and they're like, "We heard oh, your yeah. stuff. We really like it. Can we have your CD so we can play it wow. on the station?" We're like, "Sure." And they're like, yeah. "Send it by registered post because it's really hard for mail to reach us." Yeah. And all that. <laughs> yeah, we'll do. Because on your your first EP, you had those live tracks. That's great. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I reckon is oh. always hard for loud live bands is to sound good recorded. Yeah. And even there's a lot of bands that I'm a big fan of that sound great when you're there. Some of their live work has not been great. Yeah, yeah. And there's only a handful of live albums that really capture that bite that you know that, that sound has. And that those tracks you had on there, whoever mixed them or engineered them, they did a great job. Yeah. Because that is a first-rate sounding live track, I reckon. That's a pretty funny story, actually. Oh, it was just you! Wow, well, you would not think that there was a void in that yeah. sound. Like it's that sounds the great. The reason why we did it is because last minute a venue told us like, oh, we just got the capacity to record multi-track recordings of the show. Do you want to do it for like a hundred bucks? Sure. <laughs> and then we weren't even going to put it on the thing, but then we got this like taste student actually. He was just starting out. Wow. He was like, I'll mix it all for you. No worries. She's well. We that's that, yeah, that came was, together was, really was, well. Because and and like the, yeah, like she was saying, it was such a last minute thing because like we didn't expect anything out of it. And at the time, like obviously that was the best we could do. Oh, and like he came back with the finished tracks, and we were just like. So good. That is great. It's funny, we listen back to it now and we think that was terrible. Yeah, no, not at all. So you, this guy just wants to take a picture with us. Yeah. Do yeah, 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 you guys go. Yeah, look, I'm, I think you guys are doing great. And I think you're doing important work too because there's not many people 
doing what you guys do. Thing. Like, like I said, we've been doing this for about three years now. It's only just this year that we've managed to find bands in Sydney that are kind of similar. Really? Yeah. Apart from them, like we've been playing with punk bands, we've been playing bands, we've been playing with so many other bands, wow. and we could never find someone doing hard rock, like straight hard yeah, rock, yeah. like classic hard rock. Yeah. yeah and just and yesterday as well, we were speaking to Whiskey Green, who was supporting us in Brisbane, great and band. they were saying as well, like okay. in Brisbane, there's like five bands that play this kind of music. So they were really excited to play with us who also oh. played that kind of music. I mean, there's definitely other bands that are within the rock metal punk thing that fall under it, that work together. Yeah. But like, specifically this kind of Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely. Well, it. it's yeah. like, it's the foundation of it, isn't it? Like yep. what you guys do, it's the foundation. It's not, there's no frills attached. It's just, yeah. And the, best, the yeah. best thing about it is it's got such like a multi-generational sort yeah, of Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, because we're all young. So we'll have a young crowd there. <laughs> we'll have a young crowd there. Yeah. But also, anyone that is in that, like, Into it. back in the 70s, you know, yeah. can appreciate they're still going to appreciate it. Yeah, they're still going to love it. So yeah. you'll have, like, the old dude at the back, drunk. Yeah, loving yeah. it. Yeah. And then you'll Loves have the young people tattoo. at the front, yeah. all still having a really good time. Yeah. And that was the best thing about yeah. the Pato show that we did. They had, like, a bunch of seats around the back, sorry. Um, and you had this whole, like, dancing mosh of young people. Yeah. And then all these old people sitting at the back. Yeah. So it was yeah. like everyone was having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the old people would get up and dance and then sit down. Yeah, <laughs> but it's always nice. Oh, to the hips that. ain't what they used to be. <laughs> I know, I know, I am one. There, there the is. The well, how old are we talking? I'm that old. Yeah. How old are you, Arthur? Twenty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> under thirty. Oh, hey, we're having chairs. Twenty-three now. I'm twenty-two. And no one likes you when you're twenty-three. Right. Yeah. You know, when we when we first got this guy, we approached um Taylor Hawkins from Foo Fighters. We get Dave Grohl from your band. Hey guys, fuck him. No worries. He's in my phone contacts as Dave Grohl. Just Dave Grohl. I should put mine down as Jim Carrey. All that guy, <laughs> that, yeah, that yeah, forehead yeah, guy. Yeah. Jim Carrey came yeah. from America today. To yeah, that's Avalanche. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Legend, Jim Carrey. Well, I reckon that, you know, you look at over time, and even if you go back to TV, like what you were in, you had Graham Kennedy, Burt Newton, then it became Daryl Summers, then it became Rove. We had the Billy Thorpes, the Angels, then Screaming Jets, and, you know, that, that evolution. And I reckon you guys are in that chain. There's definitely, there'll be a, a stamp that says you're the next ones to oh, shoot forward. Thanks, man. Yeah. No, definitely, definitely <laughs> is. <laughs> you, can, yeah. you can feel that. You, de you can. They're, they're at they that get stage it. where yeah. they're really together. Yeah. And, yeah. and because they're really enjoying what they're doing, yeah. everybody in yeah. the audience enjoy listening to them yep. and dancing to them and having a good time. And you're good at it. Like, you are, you are good at it. Like, <laughs> you, you are, you, you've nailed the, the craft of it. Yes. You know what I mean? And, I, and you're at that sweet spot. And one thing that I want you to promise, because yep. what shits me is a lot of bands, they end up imitating their songs as they get older. Yeah. Billy Thorpe yeah. never Facts. did it. He kept the volume up. He kept everything the same. And if anything, he probably added more gain as he got older. But... I don't ever want to see a bedroom amp on that stage. Yeah. I don't want ever, you can have a slow song, but don't sing the tough songs slow. They've got to stay the same. I think we kind of go by the quote like airborne, no ballads, no bullshit. Yeah, yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? yeah, hey, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. We're always about just keeping that same direct sound so yeah. we can keep that 
Yeah. And the music from the past alive more. We've always yeah. said like we want people who like march and dance to our music. We don't want them to like walk out because they just did a slow song, you know. Look, it's yeah. called feel good rock and roll for a reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Well, definitely. And then you'll throw Ripper Badoo at the end of it, and it'll be. It'll be done. It's a whole package deal. 100%. Yeah. I'm no. a 15 minute jam of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like when we were recording this EP, we'd like record it and it'd be like some crazy BPM, like really fast. Yeah. And the producer would be like, wow, that's really fast, guys. And yeah. we'd be like, it's not fast enough. It's not fast enough. I think I was like spitting spit my mouth. Yeah. We recorded that and was we recorded it slow. Well, it was fast. It was fast. But then we were like, no, nah, we need it faster. So we re recorded <laughs> in, in the city at the time to make it faster. And then oh, I, I still okay. to this day think it could it could be, it could be a little bit faster. <laughs> but, and I think the secret is because you've got that not too much gain. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like the JCM 800 sound because yeah. it, it's a bit more gainy than a, um, like the super lead. Yeah. But for what you're doing and the speed it's happening at, the, those marshals that you've got, they keep it bright and tight enough that it doesn't just become a, a mess of noise. Yeah, so I, I think you've nailed one it. One of the mods, I've got a little switch on that that adds just a tiny bit of hair in it, like a tiny bit of... JCM oh, okay. <laughs> that's, yeah. Oh, that's something. <laughs> yeah. Secret. Little secret. Yeah. Little trade secret. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, unreal. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if he wasn't, it wasn't so expensive to send a, a big Marshall head down to Sydney, then that's we mine would be on the way down there now, getting that same mod. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's unreal. You guys, no, I appreciate your time. Dude, it was a really good gig. Yeah. Thank you very much, Thank you. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed it. Thank you very Thank you. much. Thanks so much. Thanks for sticking with the podcast. I know the audio quality wouldn't have been perfect. But it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was bumping into a group of people, doing their craft, doing it well, and in location. We were at the Vinnie's Dive Bar in Southport. Uh, it couldn't have been more true to the format. Now, I don't want to take anything away from the other band members or Arthur on, on rhythm guitar there because all of them are outstanding musicians in their own right. But I do have to make a special mention after that performance um, to Veronica Campbell on lead guitar. She is a star. Um, she doesn't know it yet, but she is a star. She is ultra talented, just magnificent tone, um, you know, really understands the Gibson uh, Marshall relationship. She, she just gets it. Um, and it just oozes out in that performance. You know, she squeezes magic out of that, that Gibson SG and, and pushes that Marshall plexi right to where it needs to be. You know, uh, Marshall should be sending her a thank you notice for, for how well she manages to push tone out of that thing. Um, so, you know, a, a special mention to her and, um, and how talented she is. She's every bit as deserving as, uh, you know, and every bit as talented as someone like uh, Laura Cox, you know, the internet sensation guitarist from France, um, who, you know, who has risen to fame and got her own pickups and just by putting YouTube videos on of her playing, you know. Look, what I want to do is I made a few notes uh, after I'd done the intro. I walked into the show. The last band had just finished. Unfortunately, I missed them. Um, but Avalanche were, were just about to start coming in and setting up. The first thing that struck me was the rawness of it all. I got there just as the last band was finishing. The venue is great. It's a little dark, narrow room. Brick walls all round, divided into two sections. The stage is small. It occupies the width of the first half of the room. The guys were bringing out their own equipment and setting everything up. It was a small, mixed crowd. Handful of old rockers, most young, modern guys, and surprisingly, a few ladies as well. But 
what this feels like, this feels like I'm seeing ACDC or Airborne before the world took notice. It's, there's the small sweaty room, the tight black jeans, even the black bra, the marshals, the absence of arrogance about it all. There's no filters. It's raw. It's straight off the stage. It's how it used to be before technology and work health and safety got in the way. This is a beginning linked to a past. The performance of the band was incredible. It was tight. It was punchy. It was dynamic. The sound was great. There's no denying that the stage is too small for them and the room was too small for the sound coming off it. But that is how it used to be. That is pub rock. And these are the modern generation and this is how they're doing it. And we need to be thankful and supportive of venues like these that that provide a place for that. More people need to turn up. And it's... It's so important that people turn up to these things. And look, this was an afternoon show. The, the show started. The bands came on from midday. It was done and dusted by 4.30. The venue was closing by 6. No waiting around till 10 o'clock at night for the first band to come on. This is the sweet spot. We are so lucky to have places like this and bands like this doing this for us. Um, after the show, I hung around. The guys took all their own stuff off the stage, cleaned everything up. They came out to the bar and, and spoke to a few people. I hung back and waited until everyone else had said their bit because once I grabbed them, I knew I'd be with them for a while. Um, and look, we got together. We went out the back. And what a fantastic group of people. There isn't an arrogant bone amongst them. Um, look, this is, oh, this is the sweet spot for them. This is where they're young enough and fueled enough, but they're professional enough and experienced enough. Um, it, it reflects in how they hold themselves and in their manners, in their performance. So this is their sweet spot, and it's only upwards from here. Um, I really hope that what stays with them is is their groundness, their earthiness. You know, there, there was like I said, there wasn't an arrogant bone amongst them. These were just a really great group of people that got along well, were appreciative of of the crowd turning up to see them. Um, one important thing is, look, there is a lot of constant talk about, you know, um, pub rock is dead and, and Australian rock is, is gone. It's not gone. It's not front and centre. It's not gone. It's not helped that places or companies like uh, Triple M and Triple J aren't supporting it. You know, they go to the extremes. They go for the ultra trendy uh, artistic music or they'll go for the ultra heavy thrash metal punk or whatever else is trending and you're straight down the road, no frills, rock and roll, misses out. Um, and, and look, these guys, they're the blueprint, the foundation. These, this is the groundwork of Australian rock music. This is where we come from, and I hope it's where we're going. And it's important. And there's a few really good Australian bands out there. But I, I will add one thing. There is a radio station called Rebel FM, which I think is only pretty much exclusive to southeast Queensland. So while I am going to have a bit of criticism to the other guys, I, I really have to say that Rebel FM do step up the game. They are playing. Well, they're the only radio station that you'll hear B-tracks. You'll hear fan favourites. You'll hear uh, anything that isn't. Uh, the same 20 songs or 50 songs that have been played before, you know, you'll hear all sorts of different stuff going right from really heavy rock to to softer radio rock, but it'll be more the B-side or the fan favourite. And look, 
we are really lucky that we have Rebel FM here in Southeast Queensland. I don't believe that Rebel FM are in the other states, and and I really hope they are because they they do push the Australian rock music um, cause. They are a champion for it, um, and. I can only hope that uh, that Avalanche do get some airplay on Rebel because that is a perfect fit. That's that's the shoe and the foot, um, and that's the next generation. And and I'm not sure if Rebel FM are on to Avalanche at the moment or any of the other sort of bands in that space. Um, but you know, if anyone is going to do it, anyone is going to step up. I, I will say that I would expect it from Rebel FM. So you know, it's not all bad on the Australian radio front. But for the most part, it definitely does provide an uphill battle. So, look, this isn't going to be a plug or anything like that, but I'm going to quote Molly Meldrum and say, you need to do yourself a favour and you need to check out some of these other bands. You, you, anyone that's got half an interest in Australian rock music and wants to see what the modern version is like needs to go look at bands like Screaming Eagle, Electric Mary, Palace of the King, Fox Company, Company Winchester Revival, The Casanovas... Um, you know, th- th- these these bands are doing great work. They've got such good sound, um, and I, I I wish them all the success. And, and like I said earlier, with with you know Michael Gadinsky gone and, and Mushroom Records not um, doing what they once did from the seventies and eighties, you know, there's a void. And I don't know who it is that's going to step up and promote promote these bands and push these vans we, we don't even have many platforms for them to be discovered anymore you know we, without staple stations like triple m who used to be front and center for australian rock music um you know they're gravitating towards the same 20 songs same 100 songs and they're still playing those songs not looking outside the box and then triple j have gone the other direction and you know i i just think there's a sweet spot that's been missed and and these guys um, are doing important work so anyone that's out there download Avalanche's EP um, look the you know they've got some great songs but if you just want to jump straight in and see what they're about um, they've got two songs that for me are the signature Avalanche sound and that's what got me hooked on these guys and that secondhand band and get back I won't read the full name of the song in an attempt to keep this a somewhat um, all age friendly podcast um, but Look, those two songs, Secondhand Band and Get Back, they're on the, the band's current um, Secondhand Band EP. And it doesn't get more rock and roll than that. That's, that's your signature rock and roll. Um, look, I, I want to leave the podcast on a note, um, something that struck me when I was in there watching that show. Um, a, we- a really well-known guitar technician that I know, he, he once said to me, his ultimate highlight... Of, of a live performance was seeing ACDC with Bon Scott in a small pub early 70s before they became really famous. Well, there might be someone here saying that about these guys right now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>